0: with your personal message or logo. And there's no minimum order. So after the episode, head over to premiumbarproducts.com and check out everything they have to offer. Now, let's get on with the show.
2: Hey, this is Big Chief from the Bourbon Road, and I'm definitely on the road today. I came to Virginia to see my in-laws without Jim, And uh, I just had to drive west to the Appalachian Mountains, just in the foothills. And there's this guy out here, you know, he might not be wearing a shirt sometimes. He's a military veteran. He's a volunteer firefighter. But what most people know him for is the Discovery Channel's moonshine and his moonshine. We got Mr. Tim Smith, the legendary moonshiner on with us. Tim, welcome to the Bourbon Road. Yes, sir. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm I'm living.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is living out here, right? Yeah, this is country. It's about as country as you can get, you know. So welcome to the big town of Climax. Yeah, it's uh, humongous out here. Yeah, yeah.
2: You didn't see any stop lights, did you? Uh, No, I didn't. I didn't. I seen a stop sign and it said
1: turn left. Stop sign. Well, you didn't see any law enforcement nowhere, did you? I didn't. I I watched the whole way here. Well, that's good. (laughs) You might have saw a John Deere tractor, maybe. A couple of them, just a couple. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of them old green tractors running around. Yeah. It's kind of woods.
2: We're we're sitting in a log cabin here, um, which I would expect. I didn't hear yeah. no banjos playing when I pulled up, no no old coon dogs or nothing. No. We, can go, give we, could, we yeah. can go get some. We <laughs> could. But I did see we are really in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. You can see the mountains from right here. Yes, sir. on your back, porch. especially
1: up, up at the fire department. You can really see it at the fire department.
2: Yeah. Well, you've been on moonshiners for eight or nine seasons now. Ten seasons. Ten seasons. Ten seasons. Man. You were the Ten original years. OG moonshiner on there.
1: I am. I am the, the founder. It started right here in Climax, Virginia, is where it started, right in the back door here. And before, really before that, you were just.
2: Selling hooch on a side of the road with watermelons. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know whether the back side of the road, but uh, let's say in the dark. In the dark, yeah, let's say in the dark because no one knew who Tim was until you know the show kind of got hot and came out. Um, You know, and it kind of, it was something different that Discovery ever did. and never had did a reality TV show. And uh, I had did some documentaries and stuff prior to that. But it never really really hit home until we got reality. And we came out and kind of told the truth that this is what it is. So... Yeah, I come in here, and you
2: got some some whiskey moonshine. You got some cinnamon moonshine laid out for some
1: rye whiskey. But what are we going to start out? We're going to start out with some moonshine first, right? Yeah, I think you ought to start out with the Climax moonshine in the beginning because this is where it all got started, and that's that's my dad's recipe. And uh, we didn't do anything to it, tweak it, change it, anything, Uh, other than we started paying taxes. That's about all we did. We started paying taxes and put it in a bottle. So you're going to pay taxes – the store is going to pay taxes, and I'm going to pay taxes. Everyone has to pay taxes. yeah. So by the time everyone gets done paying <clears throat> paying taxes, the government's to got rich, and uh, I'm still working. You're still living in the cabin. I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the what's the proof on this? Uh, the proof
2: is ninety proof. Now, and, what was uh, the proof on what you would? Sell back in the day, or what you well, what you know, give
1: away in a mason jar. Mm, well, back in the day, it would still vary between 90 to 100 proofs, maybe 105 at the most, depending on what day you got it, when you got it. Uh, you know, we didn't have a hydrometer and we didn't have a label on a jug. So, uh, you know, it really wasn't looked at. It was all about the taste mm. of it. If it tastes good, then people would buy it. So we, we never did sell it on proof. And that's a misconception mm. on some people,
2: <clears> right? <throat> that myth that moonshine. <laughs> has to be 160 is high proof and stuff it is
1: definitely mis misled I don't I don't know where it came from I don't know where it, where people got off saying it has to be 150 proof you know if it burns clean i understand you know if you light it up it looks good it's all about if it smells good it tastes good then it must be good well I've uh, drank some
2: 160 proof liquor before a couple times in my life sure and sure. it it doesn't taste too good I no, just it
1: doesn't taste too good you know my preference is under 120. I've seen some 120 taste just as good as 80. So it's all about the process of making it. It's not all about the proof. Now, where's this made at right here? This bottle right here that you were tasting is made in Culpeper, Virginia, which is about 160 miles north of us right now. Right up by Fredericksburg, Virginia. That not is right. That is right. Yeah. South of D.C. there a little bit. Well, this definitely has that corn.
2: Does it got corn in it? It does have corn in it. Now, you're not going to tell me how much, though, because that's your daddy's recipe, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell you how much is in it. It's 70% corn. What else do you yeah, what and else do? You and do? it's got 15% rye and 15% barley. All right. And, so, and like I said, that's basically the recipe. And once you go legal, that's that's a documented. That's copyright. And that, that is it what it is. Now, the process, now, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, ain't nothing wrong with that, keeping your process secret and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I understand that because you don't want nobody to –
1: try to make Tim Smith's moonshine, right? Well, it's probably difficult even if I told you how to do it. I'd figure it out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I've just had, have to get out in
1: the woods and do it. I've had a lot of people do it. Well, you know, we're looking at probably about 40 to 50 years of practice going into that bottle now. So uh, you better step up your game. I probably really couldn't do it, just just the you. Because here's the deal is
2: I don't get paid to – to make moonshine or whiskey i get paid to drink it yeah. you know and taste it and yeah um yeah. you know that's my yeah. my tongue is my that's it that's my craft right there and i guess my lips for jacking my jaw a little bit <laughs> you know well you do what you do best right <laughs> well that's what they say you know and i, I guess i'm a master of that my shirt says it yeah right the bourbon bullshitter mm-hmm. um we're, we're not experts at it but i'll tell okay. you this I can smell that corn sweetness on it. That yep. white dog, as most people would call it. That's really moonshine. It's white dog, mm-hmm. white
1: lightning, whatever you want to call right, it. Right. I can't smell that rye too much in this. That's fifteen percent. You got seventy percent corn mm-hmm. is overpowering it. That's
2: about all I get from this. A little bit of a, a little bit of candied apple, maybe, but not a whole lot.
1: Yeah. Well, you probably get it on the back end on a taste. Well, I say cheers to you. Now
2: that's uh very sweet. Got corn sweetness to it. You know, this ain't aged or nothing, so kind of sticky, sticky sweet for especially for a 90-proof. just yeah. you know that stickiness,
1: uh, that
2: thickness of it. And, this, and it should it. just
1: go away and uh maybe call for another taste. Maybe just a little bit of uh little bit
2: of pepper there, white pepper maybe, um, not too spicy on it. I think that's your rye there. Yeah, it's probably just a little bit of that rye in there kicking around.
1: I've even been told it's like a little butter almond. That's
2: what In it. Jim always says. My co-host, yeah. he always says it's uh, yeah, it's like a buttered, buttered popcorn. Yeah, yeah. I could get yeah. a buttered almond. That's yeah, that's yeah. very good. Yeah, I I could probably sit around and drink that whole bottle. Of that I might not be standing at the end. No, of the No, you but- won't
1: be standing. You'll be, you'd be relaxed, maybe <laughs> <laughs> <You'd> comatose. <laughs> but it's it's a uh,
2: it's it's pretty damn good. Now, mm. how long did it take you to go from just being a moonshiner to being a distiller?
1: Well, it took a few years, actually, you know, because um, I had to learn a few steps, the do's and don'ts there. And, and it's hard to get all of that skill when you was raised up illegally all your life. And then you turn around and say, let's document everything you do. And that's what it's all about. When you go legal, it's about documentation, writing everything down, what you put in, what you're doing, what you're taking out, and, and accountability of it for taxation, really. And uh, it took a little bit. It took a little bit. And, you know, I didn't take any formal training. And I thought I didn't go to a university to learn how to be a distiller. Um, I mean, I figured that I already knew how to make it. But now legally and documentation, it's all about the paperwork. And that's one of the hard parts for me, you know, getting that paperwork done. But you traveled around to different distilleries to kind of,
2: they opened their doors to you, right? Sure they did. And uh, kind of showed you the ropes. Well, we
1: try try to do this. We try to share a little bit of knowledge on both ends. You know, I share some knowledge on how, you know, process is being done to make a good whiskey taste. And sometimes they learn a little bit from me. And they showed me some of the documentation of what needs to be done to account for it. So I learned a little bit on that end, too. So, yeah, as the years went by and I traveled around different distilleries and worked with some of them, uh, you know, on free labor. So I was free knowledge for them and free labor also. So it's kind of a good trade-off. So hard work has paid off. Hard work has paid off. And it's still hard work, too. Even though going legal, you think you don't have to worry about ducking the law and someone chasing you. They're still looking at you. So it's it's still out there. you still got to make sure you do what you do and, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's. Because they want more more money from you. They want money. It's all about the <laughs> revenue. You know, illegally or legally, it's all about the revenue. Yeah, it's when it boils down to it. I can understand yeah. the part where they don't want bad liquor because there's bad liquor sure. out there, right? Sure. it is. Um, it is. There's plenty of people out there experimenting that have no idea what they're doing. And, and now today that we have the internet, see, I'm, I'm before the internet. But today that you have the internet, there's people out there all the time creating something. And, and is it right or wrong? I don't know. It's more of an experiment.
2: Yeah. You, I think you saw the latest uh,
1: bad batches of
2: alcohol were like down in Mexico and people going down to resorts and yeah, and yeah. they were filling up empty bottles with hooch and it was making <laughs> tourists sick down there. Yeah, yeah. And that's. Kind of how it was happening before here in the United States. Well, it's
1: it's happening in a whole lot of countries. Yeah, not you know not just Mexico or the United States, but it's it's different periods of time, and all of a sudden it's like a rush. People get into it and, it, and this is a controlled substance like any other drug out there. Once it gets into the wrong hands and misused, it can put a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, well, I've been down that road yeah, a time or two in yeah. my life. All I think we all have. Yeah, and I've run into a lot of a lot of uh, people who make moonshine, and I, and a lot of them make good moonshine. And I've run into some that didn't make such good moonshine. And you know, for them, they don't know. They don't know. No one's actually stood up to them and told them, "Hey, this is not good. This is not right." They just keep making it and, and sending it out the door because people think they're getting their because the people think they original they're getting, moonshine, getting the original moonshine, and and sometimes stronger <laughs> is not actually better.
2: Yeah. Like we we definitely know that. Now I like I love Cast Strength uh Cast Strength whiskey it, to me is really good. Um but at a certain proof, you know, yeah. about about one thirty six for me, then you're pushing that limit of yeah. it's too yeah. hot to drink, yeah. uh, especially in the middle of the summer. Yeah, I'm about one twenty. So, but this right mm-hmm. here would be perfect in the summertime. Heck, yeah. I'd maybe put that in a little bit of lemonade, sit on my front porch, and drink it.
1: Yeah, it's good lemonade. <laughs> sweet tea is good. Now the mm-hmm. next thing you have for us is your climax fire number thirty two. Yes, sir. Now, why is that fire number 32? Now, fire 32 is is named after the fire department here in Climax, which is Station 32. So that's that's the call number for this fire department in this area is 32. And uh, we wanted to do something other for the fire department. We put a Maltese cross on it there, and we put fire 32. And, you know, at the time, I was the chief of the fire department. So, you know, a lot of people called it Chief 32 or 32. So uh, it, it all has some representation there. If you look inside the bottle, you'll see my picture. If you turn that label around, you'll see my picture in there with uh, my fire gear and chief helmet on. And all of these bottles, you'll see me inside. So the first bottle, me illegally, with my dad in the woods. Without a shirt on. Without a shirt on. <laughs> well, it gets hot when you're distilling. It no just gets hot it. in the summertime. That's it what gets the, hot hey, in the
2: summertime. I've been known to wear know? a pair of overalls once in a while. And, oh. Um they're, they're, you don't
1: even have to wear no britches underneath them. Well, it's a one-piece suit. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like when you was a kid, you grew up, you had your onesie on. So yeah, I'm, I'm still into onesies. Well, you go up to Canada, they they wear they call it a Canadian tuxedo. They'll have Carhartt
2: overalls on, mm-hmm. you know, they're insulated and they'll have right. a jacket on, but yeah, yeah, they might be buck naked up underneath
1: there. <laughs> well, you know, most of us all. <laughs> Now, that's going to have a big red chewing gum type flavor profile. That is just a little touch that we've added to it. Um, a lot of the firefighters came to me. And we did a little um, survey. You know, what? what is the most popular drink that you drink? And they talked about that cinnamon flavor alcohol. And I says, well, we don't want to change anything. We're going to keep it clear just like it is original moonshine. And we just dropped some sticks of chewing gum in it. And we came up with that that. That taste profile.
2: Well, you hit it now on the head with Big Red Chewing Gum. A lot of people don't even yeah. know what that is Yeah, they anymore. talk about
1: like the fireball flavor sometimes, yeah. the candies. But it looks like the, the the chewing gum and that cinnamon combination was a little tweak that no one else did. I'd say uh,
2: if you remember those cinnamon toothpicks back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's what I get off that right there. Yeah. It's very good if you wanted to sit around and sip something sweet after dinner. Yeah. Yeah. This would be it right here. Set around a campfire. This would be perfect. Well, uh, this it fits it's, right in, th- right? Th- this
1: tends to go towards the ladies. You know, it is 80 proof. It's a little bit lighter. Uh, not too sweet now, not too light. 80 proof is still up there, but that taste profile kind of drowns out the moonshine. So you don't really taste the moonshine. Well, that's all Jim
2: Beam is—is eighty proof. So, yeah, this would fit right with it, right? I (laughs) see. You don't have to have hot whiskey to to like we we've been talking about it. You don't have to have hot whiskey um, to enjoy to enjoy it and stuff. It you know sometimes it makes it unenjoyable. Yeah. So when you came to this, you know you you're probably the biggest celebrity. I was looking for a science at home with Tim Smith driving (laughs) the climax.
1: Not not yet. (laughs) I didn't see that, but. I did uh, – we're driving in, and I did well, see – Well, I tell you, if you do, if you Google it, if you Google Climax, the Wikipedia, it does say home of Tim Smith on the Wikipedia, on the on the Internet. But
2: I did have to look up how to get here, and I, I told you which way I came. I came the northern route yeah. uh, through Richmond and kind of the interstate, but it, then once you get off past yeah, Richmond – We're a long ways from the interstate. Yeah, Ooh, there ain't no interstate here. No. But I'm, I've taken 58 across Virginia – to cut all the way across, yeah, to go down through Knoxville, Tennessee and stuff. And I should have came that way through South Boston, yeah. which is yeah. – they got a, a bologna sandwich there that's pretty yeah. dang good. I should that's have right. went there. there. A and said, tomato. That's what I'm going to do right there is stop and get me a bologna sandwich. Yeah, you should go that way. You know? <laughs> don't go up north. Just stay down that close to the North Carolina line. Yeah. Well, it's, it's – you know, if talking about – they talk about flyover states, and um, I really don't like the – eastern part of virginia but this part of virginia yeah. when i'm driving over here it reminded me what i miss about virginia is the mountains yeah you're
1: getting close to the trees yeah people out yep.
2: here and you see logging trucks you see yep. real people out here that yep. are hard working i'm not saying people in the cities aren't real people but right it's different i pulled into a yeah. gas station got got a drink and uh the little girl said yes sir and i, I knew i was like well this, this is my people out here that's
1: right that's right you probably had to go inside and pay for it too i did yeah, yeah, they don't have their little credit card machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. Yeah. I, I'd
2: like to get back to kind of my roots and uh, not, I'm from Virginia, but I spent 10 years here in the service. And it was just nice. To, uh, we'd come up to the mountains and come up to this area so much right. that uh, I really love it out here. I'm, and I'm glad that you're getting showcased is a Virginia product. Um, you know, you can walk into any ABC liquor store here yes, sir. in Virginia because they have it. They got it controlled here, right? Yep.
1: Yep. It's all control. And I, <laughs> and I thought about
2: that on the drive over here. I was like, you know, I kind of like that because in Kentucky, and some states, guys mm. are in there and buy all the good stuff up. Right. And then there's nothing left for the guy
1: just. Yeah, it's, that's the it. Un, uncontrolled or the out-of-control state, whichever way you want to call oh, it. out-of-control, uh, you know, because yeah. some
2: of them stores are yeah. charging
1: four, five, six. Yeah, the price can go up and down depending on the location, geographics, you know. But
2: here in Virginia, the price is what it, it is. It
1: is what it is. You know, we ship to Richmond, Virginia, and the uh, the state controls it. They actually have the state employee has to hand it to you, and you buy it and you walk out the store. So uh, it is a little bit different in Virginia and North Carolina, both are control states. Now, you know, if you go to Georgia or, say, Kentucky, uh, totally different. You got private enterprise there, and, and you got distributors that's distributing the product and wholesalers. And I guess you got, what, liquor barns and stuff like yeah. that, you know. So so how long has your family mm-hmm. been making shine? Well, uh, as far as I can know, uh, we over over 100 years easy. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in it for 45 years myself, and my dad was in it uh, about uh, 70 years himself before he had, he had died, and and then it, it it went on to I I'm gonna say at least 130 years, and it may even be longer than that, but I have not not researched it back because my my roots kind of zigzag around instead yeah. of a straight line tree. It kind of went out on a limb and fell off, and then went somewhere else. So, well, uh, if you have got
2: a straight line tree in your yeah. family? <laughs> <there's> probably, <laughs> yeah. probably something wrong
1: with your family. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, we are Virginia. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, it is what it is. Well, I got I'm going to drink one
2: more on this <clears throat> this half right here before we take a break listeners, and it's his first
1: really uh southern reserve whiskey. That was your wood-fired, right? Yes. Yes sir. Wood-fire came in and uh you Getting ready to taste a signature series there. Now this is 90 proof. Now what's the can you tell me the mass bill on this? Well, the mass bill on this is gonna be the same as the moonshine. Uh the difference is again the process. It's all about the process of so how did we make it brown like that? And you're gonna have a a hint of white oak and also a hint of maple in that. So there's a combination of two woods. So you're gonna have five, five different taste profiles coming at you there, because you still got corn ball, and wheat in there. Now this says I mean, corn boiling, rye. Excuse me. Says age twenty four hours. Yeah, if the moonshine is way, we do it overnight, fast as we can. Fast as you can, gotta get it, can. The door, yeah. get it out. Don't work. It's no use having dust sitting on the bottle. Get it in this. Get it in the thirty four Ford and <laughs> get, get it your, down the road. Get your money in your hand. <laughs> you know, talking about it don't mean anything.
2: Now, what's your family now think about about everything? You know, the show and
1: going legal and. Well, I still get that look sometimes when I go home, you know, what What are you doing there and why are you doing it? I still get that look. So it's still a question mark out there. And uh, I got a, I got a, a T-shirt for that, too. <laughs> are we would you consider this the Bible Belt right here? It is. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with the rules and regulations of producing and selling alcohol. Um, you know, you cannot have a steel in this state. You cannot make alcohol in this state. Uh, and you cannot sell like on the state. The state can sell it, you can't. So there's still a lot of laws that we're still working on since 1933, actually. The Commonwealth of Virginia. Commonwealth of Virginia. They don't look at it that way. Uh, it's 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 changed a little bit. Since the last 10 years, I've been in, in this legally in 10 years. Uh, you now can, you now can say moonshine publicly. It used to be a bad word. I never mm-hmm. thought it was a bad word. I always thought it was a good
2: word. You know? Well, you you
1: from the Kentucky state. Well, Texas. Yeah, well, so Texas, Texas
2: state. they they think so, a little bit different. They got dry yeah. counties there like everywhere else. Right. Right. You know, right. I remember having to drive about ninety miles to go <clears throat> get some beer for my stepdad. He'd yeah. ninety miles to pretty Texas and we'd have to go over there on a flatbed truck. He'd load up about, I don't know, fifteen,
1: twenty cases of beer. Wow. Of Coors original. Wow. Well, you see, you'd, you'd be stopped here because you'd be looked at as you, maybe you're just dis- distributing it. You know, because uh, you you can only carry what you can drink. Well, you can drink it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not going to drink 10 cases at one time. <laughs> he'd dang sure try. So he'd say,
2: yeah. hey, I need you to throw all that beer on on the uh, flatbed back there. And make sure yeah. you tie it down. Yeah. Strap it down good. Yeah. Yeah. He said, throw one up between us, and you're going to drive home. I think I was 12 or 13 years yeah. old. Yeah. Well, I, I hauled a lot of liquor when I was 12 and 13 years old. I was hauling liquor inside a man. He was just suddenly drinking those, uh, you know, I don't even know what they call them, a little small boy um Coors, light bottles, banquet beers, oh. and he'd be just chunking them out the window.
1: Oh, and they used to have a little ponies when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has just that hen you know, oak, like you said, on it. I can get still that corn on it, though. That's one of the ba- best brown lookers that we make now we we do have bourbon and rye but my self-preference is that whiskey because it has a combination of stuff you know it's it's a blend of a lot of different things in there between the oak the maple the toasted wood that we put in it and you know the three grains that's in it also um and our process you know we can just about make it age taste profile what we want it so we can make it four years old or we can make it eight years old really Well, let me give this thing a taste. Cheers. Real
2: oily. I get the oak from it. I'm surprised I get that much oak out of it. It, You would think this is in Kentucky to be a three to four year old looking whiskey. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe five year old. Um, Darker, definitely Jim Beam or something like that. Um.
1: Well, like I say, you know, uh, the difference in the toast of the wood can change the color. And then the process, the time factor that we use our process, we can change that taste profile. Tremendous. I mean, we can we can make it 3-year-old or we can make it 6-year-old. Just um, push a button. Just running it out the door. Let's push a button, <laughs> you know. Uh, again, it's, a, it's, it's my heritage, you know, it's the way I was brought up. Uh, when you made the moonshine, you want to get rid of it as fast as possible because you're sitting on money and you're also sitting on time and time you can't get back. You can pull your time if you get caught, but you can't make up for that time. So we was always hurry up, make it, sell it, distribute it, get rid of it. And uh, we're doing the same thing with our whiskey. We want, we want to make it. We want to set. We want you to taste it. Sure. Is there a time of a
2: season for for moonshiners up here right now? Is now the springtime is when they start breaking out stuff and there's tree coverage. And
1: Well, yes and no. <laughs> you are correct. Outside, uh, if the leaves are falling off the trees and stuff, you know, you don't have any cover. But then you can go to your evergreens. You know, you can go to your cedars and your pine trees. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, uh, you have to just depend on the weather. You know, if it gets really, really hot, if it gets too hot, then you have a problem with your fermentation. If it gets really, really, really cold, you know, freezing temperatures, then you got a problem with your fermentation. So anytime you're dealing with outside elements, um, you have to work with it. And uh, that's something we learned to do too. Over the years, um, I don't know if you've seen me on the show or not, but uh, we use those submarine pot steels. yeah, And those steels, we can manage those temperature in the wintertime especially, we can heat them up and we can use heat because we ferment in the steel. We don't ferment outside of the steel. So we can maintain that temperature that we need. And when it's ready, you can run it, even with ice on the ground. And a lot of the other type moonshine steels, you can't do that. So where's that big learning
2: curve from going to what's the submarine pot steels? How big are those? 800 gallons. 800 gallons. And what's the largest you're at right now? Uh, 4,000. Four 000. There's got to yeah. be somewhat of a learning curve there.
1: Well, it's just bigger. A you lot, know. Of, lot of piping. Uh, More more propane gas. More propane <laughs> <gas. laughs> Bigger pipe. A bigger propane bill. <laughs> yeah, bigger, bigger bill. Bigger truck comes down <laughs> and it. More know. corn. Uh, more corn, yeah. And more water. And you're buying uh, everything. You don't have to look uh, around your shoulder. Nah, here. everything's legally bought. And, you know, you're paying taxes again. You know, you're paying taxes on stuff that you buy. Yeah.
2: Now, when you did moonshine, though, you know, where do you go to buy – you know, Because
1: I saw you before.
2: You're buying sugar and you're buying corn.
1: Well, you know, most all that stuff is run through a middleman somewhere because you don't want a direct lead back to the steel site or the owner of that steel operation. So there's always a, a stop shop store somewhere, uh, farmer's market, or even a farmer. You know, you don't want to get it into the system. Sure. You know, and that's, that's the thing. If you're buying grains and stuff, you buy it directly from the farmer. And uh, – you know, you don't go to a commercial outlet somewhere. You're saving money. Also, you, you're making money back into your community, too. Um, you know, this, the farmer's got to sell it somewhere.
2: That's, that's the God's honest truth right there. I'm, you know, I bet, bet you money that if they can make more money with a shiner than they would with uh, taking it to market. Well, one, one thing
1: it. about when you're working with a shiner, it's guaranteed. You're guaranteed you're going to get your money. Normally, uh, my days of growing up, it was always paid ahead of time. So you always paid for the alcohol that was, was sold, and you always pay for your grain that you're buying. So it's always pay ahead. You pay ahead because sure. if you got caught, you lose everything. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be caught. And if you get caught, you don't want to owe anybody because you may have to call on them to get you out. Well, that's definitely so, true. <laughs> so you know, it, it, that's that's. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. That's the way it works. Because if you get caught and you owe someone five thousand dollars and you' in jail, how are you going to pay them back? Now you need five thousand dollars to get out of jail. Now sure. you're ten thousand dollars. So it's it's best to pay ahead. So you know, growing up, that was the, that was the rule. You always paid ahead. You you pay everything ahead. Everything's paid for.
2: Right. That to me that seems like we we should stayed with that right there. Pay ahead for everything, yeah. no yeah. credit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I was in. Uh, I don't know if they have rule kings here in Virginia. We got one here, yeah. But uh we got a rule well, king an our, hour away, But we hour got one. Away, yeah. yeah, yeah. We got one right down the road, and I was in there yeah. uh, last spring, and they had pallets of sugar, yeah, uh, fifty pound bags of it. There you go, and. uh this little boy, he's loading that sugar up. And I, that's all I could think about is I was like, man, yeah. I bet he's running some shine somewhere.
1: Hey, maybe. Or someone else is. And maybe not him. He may be just picking it up. <laughs> maybe he's making a dollar bag. I don't know. He turned around yeah.
2: and looked at and see who I was, though. he He's like, you're that big chief guy, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He just smiled real big.
1: Well, I'm still warning myself. We just met a few minutes ago. <laughs> you <know. laughs> yeah, you, uh, you wouldn't bring you right here. You maybe meet you at the, at
2: the, uh, fire department. I was like, well, it's a neutral it location. Might be a, he's
1: thinking I'm a cop or something, but I well, definitely know you, you probably are. <laughs> no, heck no. <laughs> heck no. Just well, old, we're not going to say anything to incriminate ourselves anyway. Nah,
2: heck no, we're not. Well, listeners, hang with us. We'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to drink some of their Southern Reserve rye whiskey and then we're going to drink some of their bourbon to finish the show. We'll be right back.
0: you know you can't drink whiskey without glassware and mike and i are extremely pleased to have a sponsor like premium bar products premium bar products offers direct to consumer the finest whiskey glasses cocktail glasses and bar tools with your own personal engraving i mean you can write anything you want on these glasses anything from a company logo to a personal statement and there are no minimum orders their direct consumer platform offers you the opportunity to purchase small quantities of your favorite glass shapes that enhance the pleasure of enjoyment and drinking of whiskey and make it all very positive they offer the absolute finest trending and handmade glasses as well as a comprehensive range of styles and all of their items have been designed with purpose practicality and longevity in mind so if you're a bourbon or whiskey group and you need custom logos you need to reach out to premium bar products if you're an individual you just want a few for your bar to impress your friends to give out as gifts you need to call premium bar products they need to be your one and only source for custom glassware i can tell you right now the bourbon road that's who we use Janie and Carson and the team there at premium bar products will take care of you. They'll treat you like family and they'll take care of you with every order.
2: All right, listeners we're back and we are with Mr. Tim Smith and we're uh, drinking through his climax moonshine and then Tim Smith Southern uh, reserve uh, rye whiskey and his uh, Southern reserve bourbon. So Tim, you are probably on a road constantly
1: for your brand and
2: for the tv show
1: right uh, always because, you know, you got different shoots that you got to do for the show. You know, the show is not always in one, one spot sometimes. Maybe when you're looking at the show, it may look like it's in the same spot, but now it's, it's almost like we're illegally making a show because we are moving around a whole lot of times and, uh, and it is what it is. You know, it's not that we're trying to get away with something or break the law or nothing like that and not trying to get caught or nothing. Uh, it's just. We need certain different backdrops. We need certain energy to come to the show and different locations. And it makes it interesting, too. And it, and it kind of, it's got a vibe with the show and it, and it builds itself around it. And uh, it is reality. It's no script to the show. And you, last year they started a new show, right? We started a new, well, actually two years ago, we started a Master Distiller, which is like a game show. Uh, we started that, and then um, prior to that, I had the Whiskey Business Show. The Whiskey Business was going around in different distilleries and trying to, uh, you know, help the guys out and revamp a little bit and and actually give them some national attention, too.
2: Kind of like what we do with our craft distillery Mondays when we review a craft distillery, trying to raise that we always say, like, rising tides raise all ships.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? you know, I mean, I know there's a show Bar Rescue out there, you know, and we're kind of maybe the somewhat same thing as a distillery rescue in a way because most of the distillers are small distilleries, craft distilleries. They kind of knew they get started in their business and they kind of get upside down. Real quickly, you can get upside down in this business. And did you run across some issues with those people at those distilleries? Uh, well, I've run across a lot of issues <laughs> um, because, you know, you know how it is. It's, it's, it's your way or the highway kind of attitude sometimes. And, uh, you know, my way is, is a little bit different sometimes to their way. And, uh, and I do use a little bit of backwards terminology and maybe some of my words doesn't come out as clearly as, as theirs. Well, I
2: understand everything you're saying, just probably because we're cut from the same cloth. Sure, sure, (laughs) sure.
1: But I I have been told, what did you say?
2: (laughs) What was that? My wife still says that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Well, I got in my glass right now, I got some of your Southern Reserve
1: whiskey. Now, tell me about this. Well, you know, it's it's the same process. Again, it's all about the process. You know, yes, it is rye. It meets the requirements of so having over 51% rye in it. But uh, it's about this wood-fired process that we're using this. And you can see on the bottle also that it's a 24-hour concept. Now, it may be a little bit more than 24 hours, but we just put that on and make it look good. We want you to know that we can do this rapidly. And that's what we call it rapid-aged. It's a rapid age process.
2: Man, there'd be some,
1: there'd be some people would be like, man, I don't know about it. You know those yeah. old old timers that. Well, you know, I I hey, I started my moonshine business in Kentucky. I started in, in Marion County, Kentucky. There, and uh, everyone talks about putting everything in in that container, in that, in that mm-hmm. oak oak container, and letting it sit. You know. Got my fingers crossed. I hope the season goes good. I hope the weather treats it right. And in four years or five or whatever, I'm going to open it up. Well, we figured it out. You know, between little research and also the new technology, we found out that we can make it taste what we want it to make. We we can make it. We don't have to sit around with the fingers crossed and hope that it rains and, and, and dampness and the season and humidity changes it and makes it that taste profile after so many months, years of sitting. So uh, I think we got a pretty you, – you taste it. You tell me. I think we've pretty much figured I'm it out. I wondered
2: and wondered and wondered how people do that. And I don't – you know, I try to wrap my head around it, whether you're using pressure to kind of squeeze the alcohol through the wood and it's still getting that wood flavor. If, if you didn't tell me the process on that,
1: I'd say this right here is a three to four year old rye whiskey. Well, again, it's, it's all based off of uh, the way I was brought up. You make something good, you make it taste good. Then it will sell good. You know, that, that, that it's kind of like that magazine with the pretty woman on the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It grabs and it sells but what's inside of it? Yeah, that's true. I what's mean, inside of it? So it's all about what's inside this bottle right here. And once you taste that, I think you agree that it is good and it's sellable. And you're going to tell someone else. What's the uh, what's the mash bill on this? It's 95%, right? 90, so but more of a Maryland rye, right? Yeah. Not yeah, a Kentucky rye. Yeah. Right? And, and we got multi ball in it. You know? Okay. All, all the products have multi barley. Small amount. Now, this does have that
2: sweet, sticky uh, rye smell to it.
1: It's got a little bite to it.
2: Floral. Maybe just a little bit of licorice to it, but heck, let's give it a taste. I got to tell you, that's pretty good. I've drank a lot of rye whiskey in my life. And And if you didn't see the label on it, you wouldn't even
1: know that It was rapid age,
2: like I said. I would think mm-hmm. that bottle right there was a three to four year old yeah. uh, rye whiskey that's been aged nice and good and stuff. And rye's are a little bit different, um, they'll age a little faster, they, they're they just a little bit different. Some people don't understand rye whiskey now. This would make a hell of a Manhattan or an old, old fashion. fashioned. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah, it's got not a whole lot of bite to it to me. Um, just that well, it is difficult to make rye smooth. Some white that's difficult. some just a little bit of maybe that white pepper again, just where it's it's not yeah. biting me or nothing. Yeah. It's not like a black pepper or no. a, a hot sauce or nothing like that. I think
1: some of the techniques that we're using that's making a big difference is is, you know, when you put whiskey in a burrow and it's, you know, it's a brand new oak charred burrow, um, you're letting it sit for four years, five years, whatever period of time. That that wood is aging. And also the alcohol is aging and absorbing the wood and working in and out. You know, we know the aging process. We're actually aging the wood and putting it into the alcohol. So now we're using aged wood into it. So I think that's actually uh, some, some penetration there is a little bit different than it is sitting inside of that closed container. And then we're, we're also getting some air in there. Some air is making that difference, and I think that's smoothing it out. So, what's the price on this? What's the price point on this rye whiskey right here? It's around thirty dollars, depending $30 on, depending from, on where you buy. It. Yeah. You know, what state? You know, I would I would like to see it about a, a seventy. I would think about a seventy because we've we've put a lot of money into that that bottle, a lot of labor, a lot of technologies went into it to make it taste that way. Uh, even though no, it hasn't sit on a on the shelf for seven years before you tasted it. Uh, it's just a lot of energy has been put into it. But uh, average all of all of this product here is I average about thirty dollars a bottle across the country. But that makes it affordable
2: for everybody yes. to taste too. Yes, your, for your working man, your for your firefighter, for your police officer, for your soldiers, mm. sailor, airman, it, whoever needs to wants to buy it, they can afford it.
1: Well, it's 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 tough out there to go buy hundred dollar bottles. <laughs> it's just tough, you know. But yeah. uh, that's that's another league, you know. That's another league you get into.
2: Well, some people, you get as you get older, as you realize, you know, you, you, you your wallet gets a little bit thicker and you can afford yeah. nicer things in life sometimes. And not to say this ain't nice, but right. it's still nice to go and be able to purchase something that tastes good yep. for $30. Yep.
1: Well, I like this with people to see that uh, you can buy something that tastes good and you don't have to pay $200 a bottle for it. And you would be helping out just a good old boy from Virginia.
2: That's it. Good old boy. I mean, that's nothing wrong with that. I think, hey, yep. you're yep. you're Americana as it gets to me, um, and you're just trying to well, make. You, you a see living. where
1: I'm at. I'm at you in my hometown. I'm born and raised right here. Driving a probably an '85 Chevy pickup. Pretty close. Uh, yeah, that's pretty close to it. Yeah, yeah. What are your models? '86.
2: '86. '86. They don't even have tags on nah, those I don't use. have any
1: tags. Now I got farm use tags on them. Yeah. Well, they're good. You can switch them and nobody knows what it is, you know. <laughs> it's, it's hard to look up a farm use tag. It, well, it sure is. <laughs> what farm does it belong to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's farm around here. you farming something. I
2: actually haven't seen that that truck on the show. I, you had some other that, that trucks. That show has been on the show. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that truck's been on the show, uh, one or two other episodes. Uh but uh, you know we got a lot of vehicles. You know we try to try to move them around, try to keep the batteries charged, stuff. You had a <laughs> you had a suburban for a while. Well, say uh, my excursion, excursion, so excursion. Yeah, I'm still driving. Is that an your daily driver? Yeah, that's the daily driver. That's the interstate truck. That's the interstate. You know? vehicle. Yeah, we want to get on the interstate. We get on that one. You that's know? got a diesel in it. That's diesel, seven point three diesel. Well, run off moonshine. It run off anything. <laughs> you can well, you go by the uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, you get that grease. And you put that in there, and it really smells good.
2: <laughs> I know something about uh, Kentucky fried chicken, because we have Claudia Sanders uh, yeah. fried chicken in our hometown.
1: Well, I That's, mean, yeah, uh, Colonel it's, from, Sanders. it's from Kentucky. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? yeah. I've been to the first The KFC. first one? Yeah, I've been to the Is, first one. It, was it a letdown? Well, it was different, you know. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that uh, there was like a little repair shop. You know, when it first started, you know, there was a little repair shop going on there where it's working on cars and stuff. And that's what happened. You know, they would lay over and get to working on the cars because it may take a couple of days to fix the car back in the day. So they fed them this chicken Mm -hmm. and that became famous. That recipe became famous. That man, he was broke in. Became rich again, all over yeah. a couple times later in his life too. Yeah, I think he was sixty eight when he founded. Kentucky well, I'm hoping fried when chicken. I get sixty eight, I can get rich again. You know, <laughs> i put all my money in this right here on the table, so I hope it comes back. Well, you you're probably rich in life though, right? That's, oh, I'm, that's definitely I'm doing great in life. Yeah, enjoying every minute. <laughs> yeah.
2: of it. Well, Tim, I got to say, this is some good rye whiskey. Um, I'd I'd, I'd buy a bottle of it for sure. Sure, um, I sell it to you. You sell it to me? Sure. <laughs> I mean, you won't. <laughs> I want to make sure you leave
1: with a bottle anyway.
2: Well, I'm going to sip on this. So what's the future of, you know, Climax and Tim Smith's brand? What's that look like? Do you know?
1: Well, I think it's still unlimited at the time. You know, we don't want to box ourselves in. And, uh, you know, again, I come from the backwoods. We always, if we need to expand, we just cut down some more trees. We'll just keep expanding out. And uh, and I, I think that's what we're doing now. You know, we're we're still looking, researching different avenues, and looking at different ways to uh, to market ourselves out there, even locally and and nationally too. Hmm. I'm gonna pour the final one we got here
2: is yours, Tim Smith Southern Reserve Bourbon. Now this is a 90 proof, and I probably have the most questions about this one right here. So let me pour some. I probably had a less answer. <laughs> Well, that, that corks that thing's in there. Hopefully, everybody right hear that thing pop. Now he didn't ha- he didn't pull no special bottles from me or anything. He just pulled
1: them out of box and just pulled them out of box. I hope it's a good one. No number on that bottle, so I don't know. There's that's, no numbers. There's no numbers no number. on it. Nah, no number on it. So uh, you may have got the best bottle out of the best batch ever made, right there. I did autograph that bottle, so in case you you may like it. We might have to add a little bit for the autograph. I mean, it smells like bourbon. Smells like bourbon, looks like bourbon. Must be bourbon. <laughs> Must be bourbon. Well, if you taste, you got to taste it. Though. Now, does this the meet the the national rules for a bourbon now? It meets the mash bill because we do have 51% corn in there. And we did uh, um, the steel under 160 because it is pot to steel. We cannot distill above 160. Uh, it is a wheated bourbon. We have wheat in this. So instead of the rye going into this, like the whiskey had, it has a wheat in it. And what's and the percentage the on that? Same percentage as the corn, or no? It's it's fifty-one percent corn with about five, four to five percent malted barley, and the rest of it's wheat. So, really? so you're going to get a little, little dryness in there, I think.
2: Now, listeners, I don't think Tim knows that I am the weeded king of Kentucky. Okay. I love some weeded bourbon well, like you, no other man you, alive, I you, think.
1: You just got the best bourbon in your hand you ever tasted.
2: This right here is the best weeded bourbon I've ever had in my hand. Man, listeners
1: out there, I sure hope Tim's right. <laughs> Let's saying. give this nose. Well, I've I've been blind tasted against the best. I don't know, man. That moonshine must have done killed my senses.
2: (laughs) Um, I get some floral notes on it for sure, uh, being a wheat. You know, almost like you ever walk down a back country road and smell honeysuckle? Oh, yeah. That's what I get on that. I
1: can probably take you outside and show you one. I actually get a little apple on this one, too.
2: Uh, Maybe some uh, sour apple, like candies or something. Heck, let's taste this thing. I'm excited. You said it was a weeded bourbon. I'm, that's a weeded bourbon. My neck, hair on the back of my neck stood up a little well, bit. Well,
1: again, we're trying to go with the flow. You know, Everyone out there talks about a lot of weeded bourbons being at the top. So uh, we want to be at the top, too. Well, that is true. A lot of people, um, people talk about weeded the weeded bourbons the out top, there. Right? That's the top brands out there. So uh, we want to get up there with the top ones. You want to be up there one day? I want to be up there one day. One day. One one good thing about me, I'm still walking and talking. And I can autograph that bottle. And I can sit here and I can drink with you. Some of those other top brands is out there. That guy's not here no more. Well, we he, can only talk about him. Well, that's true. Uh, the godfather of,
2: right. really, of weeded whiskey, weeded bourbon, Yeah, William LaRue Weller. Yep. He's the man that started it all. He's right. the guy that had that idea. So, right.
1: Hmm,
2: we me bake some bread yep. and figure out what tastes better. Yep. And- uh he did it, and from his from his bourbon came Pappy Van Winkle, Old right. Fitzgerald, right. Right. Um, Rebel weeded bourbon. You name it, if it's a weeded bourbon, yeah. more than likely, um, even Maker's Mark, yeah. all those came from that right there, from that yeah. one man. Yeah. And then even from Maker's Mark. Dave Pickerel, the godfather of craft distilleries in America. Right. A lot of craft distilleries because of that man, one man, mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: do weeded bourbon. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that, you know, you think back to that one man, he's not here. You're right. He's not here anymore to
1: autograph right. his bottle. But Tim right. Smith's here. to I'm here, you know. So uh, taste that thing. Let's see what you're talking about here. I, it's very smooth.
2: I still get a little bit of that, like a spiced candy apple. You know, you ever had them sliced up before? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, In a mm -hmm. little jar? (laughs) Mom or grandma ever make those up? (laughs) That's old school right there. That's real old school. You can't see those no more. I get a little bit of that. Um... Maybe our listeners have heard us say whorehound candy before. I get a little bit of whorehound candy on I this. I use
1: whorehound all the time. That's some
2: good stuff, right?
1: Yeah. What's yeah. what's yeah. whorehound? Like, you use the whorehound candy? I, I I use the candy. Yeah. The The old-fashioned candy. It's almost like a the sassafras. It's like a cough drop. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old-fashioned cough drop. Exactly. Now, where do you buy that at? Um, Cracker Barrels, Cracker Barrel, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm a Cracker Barrel man. I go to Cracker Barrel all the time. We
2: usually find them at either Tractor Supply, Royal King, yeah, somewhere, yeah. Or, or or Cracker Barrel. You can get them at. My stuff.
1: son's a Royal King guy, so you you get along good with him. He, I think he goes Royal King every day. He knows everything in a Royal King store. He knows he, he knows everything. you ought to be an employee. Of one King. stop shopping. right am telling there. You, mm-hmm. And when I asked him about something, he goes, "I better it in Royal King." I mean, the
2: only thing I don't think they sell there is audible bills yet.
1: Yeah, I know they got car batteries and lights, and they got lawnmower stuff and guns. Or you can and buy guns, a, a tracker, guns, ammunition, food. yeah, food. Chicken yeah. feed, They got popcorn, clothes. you come in the door. Yeah. And they they got a pretty good marketing strategy going on. Yeah. yeah you get a windmill out, out there and put it in your yard. Yeah.
2: You get a yeah. big windmill out there. Yeah. I like
1: full-size <laughs> pump some water with it. <laughs> they got tractors.
2: Yeah. Long You can get everything. Plants there. We mm-hmm. just, me and my wife, just started our that garden. Sounds like a Royal King commercial. Maybe, that <laughs> Maybe they should sponsor both of us, Tim. <laughs> yeah. well, I got to say, uh, innovation is the key to everything, right? You're right. always trying to figure out the next right. process and stuff. And even the big boys, even the big boys, Jim Beam is trying to innovate and come up with some new stuff.
1: And in the past, I was kind of against that. I was like, yeah. mm, I don't, I don't like it. Well, I, I don't want to change my ways. Well, my dad was one of those, you know, that we're not going to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. We just want to grease it a little bit. You know, we want to make it run a little bit faster. And I think that's what we're doing here, too. You know, we're just trying to make it run a little bit faster. We're not changing nothing. We're not changing, you know, from our recipe, pot distilling, the same method that we always did in the backwoods, even though, you know, we went legal and we're inside of a structure now, not out on a creek bank. Sure. We, we're just still trying to make things better. You're not getting ticks all over you. Try not to. I tell you, you go out in these woods of Virginia, you're going to get a tick. the same thing. <laughs> There's in no K- doubt Same about it. thing in Kentucky. You you, you put all the tick stuff you you want to put on you, you're still going to get it. I think it attracts them. I don't know if it does or not. I, I
2: I had gotten a tick on me earlier in the season, um, mowing, and and my wife got one on her. Yeah. we got a big yellow lab named Woodrow, the whiskey dog, and he. He don't he got put, no ticks on him. He got no ticks. Well, yeah. He's, yeah, he gets his shot, but yeah. I guess yeah. it does it. I, every once in a yeah. while, you'll find a dead one on him.
1: But well, I found out that less clothes you have on, the better off you are. You I know? Don't, people don't want to see me without my clothes. Well, I'm, I'm just kidding. saying, you know, loose, loose fitting clothes, <laughs> yeah. loose fitting clothes. What I'm saying uh, that that is better because if you have you know tight clothes on, a lot of clothes, people try to put on all kinds of stuff. Those ticks will find a way to get in there, and that's where they get. Yeah, so, usually they'll drop inside uh, your collar. Yeah, they, they uh, get them a there. tree or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they're they flying through the air. You yeah. know, and you just walk through the woods and they'll just jump on you. And, yeah. and then next thing you know, you you start feeling it. Been on there a couple of days and then uh, take about two weeks to get rid of it.
2: Well, that's what we come in from outside. We always check each other for ticks, and yeah, I, that I mean, might seem sound strange a song about that checking each other for ticks. It's a song about that. Well, usually when you check for ticks on each other, your husband and wife that leads to other stuff.
1: Well, that's don't good. Huh?
2: Speaking of Climax, Virginia, yeah,
1: it is a catchy name. You know, yeah. a lot of people talk about that. I, I go to different trade shows and different events, and they they ask, you know, how did you come up with that name? Well, this is where I'm from. And it is a it is a location which you can see it. I have put it on a map now. Prior to me, you know, becoming uh, on TV, it was not on the map. But now you can Google it, and it is a uh, incorporated, unincorporated uh, community. And what's the story behind the name, uh, the town's name? I have Clemix. no idea. You don't know. It was
2: before me. Well, that's like uh, you go <laughs> Pennsylvania and Amish country, Intercourse, right? Intercourse, yeah. Intercourse, Pennsylvania, yeah. kind of. Yeah.
1: Kind of yeah. makes you wonder a little bit. Well, this whole region here has a long story, you know, just, just to give you a little bit. Uh, if you go south of here, it's called tight squeeze. Tight squeeze. And, and and there you're in the heart of climax. And if you go north of here about 10 miles, then it's called Hurt. <laughs> so uh, climax is between tight squeeze and Hurt, Virginia. Are you messing with me? I am not. I am telling <laughs> you honest truth here. So I think
2: if you travel two two hours north of here, probably just go up and over the mountains. There's a place up there called uh, Devil's Backbone.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, so I understand uh, some of those
2: names and stuff. You, yeah, yeah. You, know. you got Crabtree Falls. Um, sure. Not too far from here. Our, our old friend, Randy, Randy Minnick, the old co-host, he lives up there in the mountains now. Probably sitting up there buck naked on a mountaintop drinking coffee go. and whiskey. He ain't worrying about the ticks. He's got his guitar. He's just playing away. <laughs> now I think he's he. I think he's got coon dogs. That's what he has and horses. Yeah, mountain horses yeah. now. But yeah. well, Tim, man, I appreciate you letting me come in today, trying all your whiskey. Um, if you're out there, you're in the store. Make sure you're picking up a bottle, supporting this good old country boy right here. Um, American made American bread here. Yep. Um Virginia whiskey. Um you want to get some in your hands.
1: Tim, what states can you find us in? Well, we'll uh I would say 42 of the 50 states out there in the United States right now. And if you if you go to a store or if you're in a state possibly that they don't have it, Maybe go online, TimSmithSpirits.com, and you can actually order it online, and you can have it shipped to your, to your house if your state allows it. Now, some states do not allow shipment of alcohol in the state, but most do. So always go there, uh, go to the website, and then also go to your store and request it. Ask them, you know, can you get this? And a lot of times they can get it. They just don't have it on the shelf at that time. And what about your shows? When does the show air? Well, the show normally is in uh, December. It starts in December to April. So we just went off for the season 10. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to another season. Another season. Another season. 10 years, 11 years. That's crazy. More work for you, though. More work. More money. More money. (laughs) More work, more shine, more money. How about that? Well, hey. More people happy. More people happy. That's all that matters. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Well, you can go to uh, ClimaxMoonshine.com and and then also, you know, Facebook and Twitter also and Tim Smith Spirits. And on Instagram. And Instagram, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, don't forget Discovery Channel. Discovery Channel uh, out there. And we also got Discovery Plus now. Discovery Plus just recently came out this year, which uh, kind of boosted my Uh, uh, viewers i went from nine hundred thousand to 24 million in the last four months so that's been incredible Uh, if you get discovery plus you can actually see all 200 episodes that i've been in so you can start at the beginning and go to the end
2: 24 million people
1: yes sir that's that's incredible i i I think at my top about six years ago i was about three million well how do we Uh, get 24 million people to buy your whiskey though it would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, if I if I got a dollar off of each bottle, I could just take a vacation. Then you can send me a penny off each bottle. I'll take that. that would be fine. Okay, me. well that's a deal. We'll <laughs> we'll make a deal. and I I'll meet you somewhere in Kentucky on the on the uh, what Ohio River over there. I'll make you. Uh, yeah, I know a little bit of something about the Ohio River. I'll make <laughs> you
2: some make you some ribs at my my farm. Uh, you get some, meet old Woodrow. Okay. We'll drink some whiskey. sitting back. I used on. to have a hound dog named Woodrow.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure it is. Was his
2: name off of uh, was off Lonesome Dove? No, uh, my granddaddy just called him Woodrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he called him Woodrow. <laughs> my dog's uh, his. Uh, he's off of uh, the place I got him was Lonesome Dove Kennels from the okay. mini series. And yeah. his dad name his name his dad's name was Gus, and his mom's name was Clara. And now he's Woodrow, but now everybody okay. knows him as Woodrow the Whiskey Dog because he, yeah. he loves to sit down when we're doing a whiskey uh, episode and yeah. likes to likes to listen. I guess he likes country music and likes me to talk about whiskey to him. So sounds good. Well, Tim, thank you once again for having us in. Listeners, uh, you can find us on social media. You can find us on TikTok. We don't have no videos on there right now. We well, can find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, um, whatever else is out there. We try to be on there. Um, we have a private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. We're 1,700 strong in there right now. Um, you got to be 21, you got to like bourbon, and you got to agree to play nice because we don't tolerate any rudeness in there. Um, we want everybody to post something in there and say, hey, this is the whiskey I'm drinking today and not get beat up on it, not get trolled on. Um, we want them to share their stories, their birthdays, their celebrations, their life. Um, we want them to share there. So go in there, check that out. You can also, if you're a bourbon roadie, you get 10% off our swag. We have our bourbon or t-shirt, our glasses, and our hat. Um, you want to check that out on our website. You can find our reviews on there. Our you can find our blogs on there, articles. It's not always about what the show is about. It's just about what I'm thinking about that week, um, whether it be how Tim Smith's making his whiskey or innovation in the uh, in the culture. Something something about whiskey though. So go and check our website out. You can reach us on there. Leave comments. If you're listening to this right now, you know you want to go up there so you can figure this out and you can always hear us. Go up there and hit that subscribe button and then scroll on down, hit that five-star review, leave us a review. That's how we get into these places like Interviewing Tim Smith. We do two shows a week. We do a uh, craft distillery Mondays where we will review a whiskey, we'll sit down with it, tear it apart, talk about it, write that review for, for you, tell you all about it. That way you can go in the store, understand what you're buying. And then we do a long show like today's show hour long i'm gonna check those out you can find jim at j Santana 63 on instagram you can find me at one big chief and we'll see you on down the bourbon road